Welcome to the latest episode of Be Attento. I am Jesse Ulrich, CEO of Brand Eye Productions and editor of this podcast. The Be Attento podcast offers helpful tips and stories from some of today's most successful entrepreneurs and investors. And it's brought to you by Attento Capital, a Tulsa-based venture fund focused on driving returns through early-stage venture investment in local economic development and job creation. Attento stands for helpful, careful, thoughtful, conscientious, and polite. As Attento Capital seeks to embody these characteristics to all of its stakeholders. In today's episode, Aaron speaks with Tammy Torkelson, founder of Indigo Technology. We welcome you to another edition of the Be Attento podcast, where we have none other than a wonderful guest today. We have been waiting to interview her for a little while now. She's extremely busy and very important here in the Tulsa ecosystem. But we have a wonderful guest and we're so excited. We're going to jump right in with her. She is the founder of Indigo Technologies and she's an amazing woman. You're going to hear a wonderful story. She uh, has made a huge mark here in the Tulsa area and also in other parts of the country. And we're just going to dive right in. So I bring to you none other than Tammy Torkelson. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you, Aaron. It is my pleasure and honor to be on your podcast today. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have been working together since I got here. I think we met a little bit after I arrived here in Tulsa and we just jumped right in and started doing things together and, and, and working on programming together and helping entrepreneurs. And so it's been truly a pleasure of mine to work alongside myself and Sean. So that's been great. Let's get right into this. We want to know the Tammy Torkelson story. You can start from wherever you like. I have always been in technology since I started my career. I actually have a degree in industrial psychology, which is not technical at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I started learning code when I was in junior high. I used to help my mother, who's a CPA, install software for her clients and and help them get their computers set up. So once I graduated from college, the only thing I was good at doing was helping my mother with her accounting and doing coding on the side. So I ended up starting out at American Airlines doing all this data analysis. And that was really the birth of my career. And I ultimately ended up being a database architect, which in the software world is totally the nerd of the nerds. I did that back in uh, the kind of the mid 90s, transitioned that to a consulting company that I started to learn more because to learn more about databases. As we were transitioning away from mainframes to what they call relational databases, people needed to understand what those were and how they worked and how to implement them in software and in their companies. And so I did a consulting gig for several years, and that turned into me consulting with a company called United Video that then purchased the company TV Guide. And so at that point in time, really just transitioned myself into what I call a well-paid entrepreneur is kind of how, how my career started. So at least in the entrepreneurial world. So I was hired to build products for TV Guide and to run a software development team that that really we were paid to come up with things that would make them money. And that is that was the core of it. And over the time, we developed many of the products and services that TV Guide, which then became Macrovision, which then became Rovi, which then became TiVo. <laughs> and it went on and on. So lots of uh, mergers and acquisitions. But effectively, the company that it is today is still monetizing a lot of what we built 
here in Tulsa back in the um, late 90s and early 2000s. That's the foundation of how I got started and what got me into kind of that entrepreneurial role. Absolutely. So you were instrumental in, if I'm dissecting this properly, you're instrumental in the conversion of TV Guide going from the book form Mm -hmm. to the television form. Television, we went from book to TV and and it was analog TV. So for those of you out there who remember the scrolly guide, that was us going from the the blue preview guide. And then we transitioned that to the TV guide and then we could monetize it with ads. And so that's really where I landed specifically was in how to monetize the data that um, was captured behind all of that? And then also, how do we deliver ads and make the most money delivering those ads to that top part of the TV guide? And then we transitioned from analog to interactive cable. So interactive cable was uh, in many ways born here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Most people don't realize that. Oh, wow. And so we developed the guide here in Tulsa and the technology for the interactive guide. And so that is still in use today. And yeah, that's that was the core. (laughs) Now, let's talk a little bit about your time and experience with Roku and how that came about. So as part of this whole transition from uh, digital cable, then became interactive, right? It was interactive, but then it needed to be streamed. So streaming was about its birth. So this whole new thing with smart TVs came out. There you go. Yep. (laughs) But so TVs got smarter, people got dumber, right? We had smart TVs. And so that involved me working a lot with Samsung and Sony and some of the major TV manufacturers on how to monetize those smart interfaces. And as through that, a colleague of mine had left TV Guide and started his own company, which lasted a few years. And then he had to close that down. But he was hired by um, a, a company that at the time was pretty unknown called Roku. And his name is Scott Rosenberg, and he's the current GM shout today. Out, shout out to Scott. <laughs> he's still there today. And he and I, like I said, we'd worked together on a lot of different projects. And so he called me up one day and he said, hey, are you ready to, to do something new? And Scott's in New York and I'm here in Oklahoma. And, he, and I said, maybe. And that's what happened is he said, well, I've been hired to start the advertising platform for this company called Roku, and it's a streaming platform only. And I was like, okay, I don't, I've never heard of a Roku. I don't know what a Roku is. And he said, well, it's a startup. It's here in Silicon Valley, but I'm going to stay in New York. You can stay in Oklahoma and the headquarters is going to be in the Bay Area. And I said, okay, effectively made that leap. And we were tasked with building an advertising platform and uh, building an advertising strategy. There was nothing. um, It was the two of us. And by the time I left Roku three years later, it was a team of, you know, about 35. Wow. And at that, by that point in time, we were well on our way or what Roku was well on its way to, to owning streaming advertising, streaming content in the country. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. And so let's get to where we are today. How did Indigo Technologies form from that that uh Yes. Venture? Everybody might want to know why you would want to leave a company like Roku. Exactly. When, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're really asking. <laughs> when it's when it's at its height of of success. When I agreed to go to Roku, one of my crazy conditions was that I stay in Oklahoma and and they were totally fine with that and I said well you you may be fine with that now but eventually I will get to a point where I've got we've got this huge teams and I'm having to do a lot of traveling and frankly I won't be 
good with that. So that's what happened is we got to a point where just the travel and and the time and I have a family here and I knew that I was not going to, they wanted me to move to the Bay Area or we had, by that time we had a pretty big office in in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. or in New York. And effectively I hired someone to do um, my job, half of my job in New York and run the day-to-day advertising operations. And then I hired a product person, a product ad product person to be in, in the Bay Area and transitioned all of my accounts, all of my, my clients, my ad clients to the various sales teams and walked away. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and so what's the gap between Indigo Tech coming to life and you leaving Roku? Yeah. So it was in the planning before I left Roku. Okay. And so I left Roku. My last day at Roku was January 4th of 2016 okay. and the birth of indigo was january 7th of 2016 all right so, so you, it was it was, it was really <laughs> it was already really, the deal was signed it was signed I yeah see. and i still have a good relationship with roku and with my colleagues that were there they totally did right by me and so it was a good thing that's good yeah that's good and so not to get into too many details about the, the exit but when you launched through our conversations before you've shared that you really had the launch and you were you, you had kids at home yes you had soccer games let's talk a little bit about some of the ingredients that went around the birth of indigo tech so leaving roku like i said it was a good exit as they say um so i had a bit of a runway i didn't have to have a job a real job so I spent that time really ramping up and figuring out how are we going to fund the company, really working on getting those initial dollars in the door so that we could make Indigo a real thing. Because at that point, it was just an idea. But, you know, in 2016, I had a six-year-old and kids in college, kids in high school. And yeah, it was, you're meeting every day, all the time with potential investors. You're discussing, you're working on your business plan. You're meeting with bankers to see if there's any way possible that you might be able to leverage your mortgage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get your second mortgage going. And then in addition to all of that, all the stuff that happened with being a mom. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it's very interesting to see as founders, we were talking to these different founders uh, that we've interviewed and you see all the different paths that they had to take to make this thing actually happen. As you still are breathing life into Indigo and it's in its fifth year now. And it's fifth year. Yep. Okay. So it's in its fifth year and you're still breathing life into it. What are some things that you can hang your hat on that kind of give you solace about Indigo? Maybe it's some of the products that you've produced. Maybe it's some of the clients you've worked with that's already out there. But what's some things that kind of give you solace as you're still breathing life into the indigo? Well, a big part of the joy that I get out of it is is our team. In my career, I think I've been, that's one of the, the strengths that I have is in team, just team building. And I'm pretty accommodating when it comes to weird personalities and being in the tech industry as long as I have. We consider our team Truly, we are the island of misfit toys. So just like just like on Rudolph. And so these are a lot of my teammates and a lot of the staff that we have are people that struggled in traditional corporate America because they're the idea holders and they're the dreamers and exactly. they're the they're all the, those guys and gals that maybe they have great ideas and they're really brilliant and talented, but they're not really well liked because their personalities aren't that great. That's been really one of my passions and satisfactions is I know that sounds ridiculous, but giving a home <laughs> to people who—I I mean, we have—I definitely I have employees that have said for the first time in my career, 
I actually, I really love my job. And so that's pretty rewarding. So there's that. And then we build debt companies. So we're helping every day we help entrepreneurs realize their dream. And so some of them are really good at realizing their dream and some of them aren't. And so it's really great to watch those that take some of the advice and the connections that we can provide and watch them just grow through that process and become successful businesses once they're out of our hands and out of the nest and, and watch them move on. So really it's between the entrepreneurs and the team itself, I think that's my greatest satisfaction. So let's talk a little bit about Indigo Tech as the business itself. What Give us a little bit of a commercial. What, what services do you provide? What type of clients are you looking for? What are you? How are you looking to expand the vision and the reach of Indigo in the next, let's say, five years? So Indigo is, in many ways, we're what's called a seed stage accelerator, but we're a full service seed stage accelerator. In other words, we take companies from the napkin. We call it the napkin because that's what people think about with entrepreneurs. So whatever's on your napkin, we coach you through and mentor you through that process so that you can take what's on that napkin and we can then build it into product that is viable and successful and ready to scale. And so that is what we are. And we do that, again, by having great staff that really understand all of the challenges that come with being an entrepreneur and being a small business. And we also do that with a product that we developed called Onyx, and that is our building blocks for tech. And that allows us, it's the simplest term is that it simplifies it a lot, but it is, it's really code blocks. It's truly like Legos for text. It allows us to take an, that idea and get it to product stage very quickly and for a cost that's very cost effective for a new entrepreneur. Because unlike all of the Hollywood ideas of entrepreneurship, you don't get any money until you have a product. That's right. And every dollar counts. And so that's the other thing that we bring to the table is we understand that and we maximize every dollar for that entrepreneur and make sure that any, whether it's $1,000 or $100,000, whatever that looks like, we're making that every dollar inside of that count so that it takes them that much further toward their goal. I see. All right. We talked a little bit about Indigo Tech and we've talked a little bit about your journey here. Let's talk about Tammy the leader. What would you say are some of your attributes in terms of leadership that has really made Indigo make its mark in this Tulsa market space? I think first and foremost is I am even the, I'm a very faithful person. I'm a, I'm a Catholic and it, that pretty much resonates through every part of who I am. Mm Even though I'm not necessarily on the outside, I'm not going to walk to you saying, so I'm a pray for your sister. That's not really me, but I, it, it, is at the, it, it is part of everything that I do and think about. And I think that helps guide my decisions. And then in addition to that, like I said, I am a natural, I think, team builder. I get a lot of my joy out of watching others advance, whether that's advance in their career, advance in their skill, advance in whatever. So really seeing that I think has helped make us successful because I'm able to help people realize where they might end up. So a lot of times I don't even realize this is something that they might really excel at because they've never tried it before. I ask a gazillion questions. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't have the answers for it, then you're just going to have to go find those out. And I think that kind of pushes people to explore things that they don't normally explore. So I'm also very tough. 
that's the other side of me that is, if my family is listening, they'll just shake their heads. I'm very blunt and direct. Mm -hmm. And so that also, I don't know, sometimes that's a strength. Sometimes it's not a strength, but I think it also, pretty much everybody kind of knows where Where they they are. And so there's no real mystery about Tammy. Yeah. And and I I must say that's very accurate because (laughs) when I first met you, we were at 1 million cups, uh, shout out to 1 million cups, Tulsa. I was invited to come. So I'm I'm there and and the person does their presentation. When they get done, you started to ask, when they finish rather, you start to ask them questions. And one question led to another question led to another question. I was like, oh, wow, she's grilling them. But then on one hand, I was kind of like, wow, she's grilling them. On the other hand, I was like, I got to know her. There was something about it that was not for their detriment, but for their betterment. And I think that's probably where you're saying that the Catholicism comes out like you weren't doing it to destroy them. You were doing it to build them or at least to get them to think in a more yeah. critical manner. And so right after that, I came up to, right after it was over. I came up to you and I'm like, yeah. we got to go get coffee. And then we <laughs> yes. spent a good two hours in Antoinette's about two days after that. And that's how that started our friendship. Yep. But yeah, you, where do you, where would you say that toughness? I'm the oldest of four. Okay. I, I don't know. My, my parents are both entrepreneurs. My dad's a pharmacist. My mother's a CPA. They both had their own businesses for the most, for the bulk of my childhood. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. So it's a very like no excuse household. It was a very no excuse household. And yeah. and it was very much a, if you want it, go yeah. figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. And my parents were busy. And so if we wanted to do something and there, it, it was also, if you're going to do it, you better do it well. Okay. Yeah. There's no excuses. Go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> no laziness. No, none of that. And it, and it wasn't so much that it was. And I think that's characterized by all of my siblings. So out of all of my siblings, three out of the four are entrepreneurs. And the other one also very successful. She just happens to be in the corporate space. I see. Okay. That toughness definitely comes through even as I see you helping entrepreneurs and not taking their, maybe their ignorance about something as an excuse. So just because you don't know about it doesn't mean that you shouldn't find out about it. How do you become more versed in your industry? And you really probing them to uh, evolve as an entrepreneur and as a uh, whatever their space they're in, in that space, you want them to be as best they can be. And I think that that's uh, very powerful and it speaks well to, of your character. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, I when working with entrepreneurs, um, that's another character mm-hmm. and value I, I, of Indigo just in general is that it's really important that we work with these founders and that they understand how hard it's going to be. And we, the, the example that I've told, if you know me, you've heard this before, you can start up a donut shop and you can be an entrepreneur. And when you start up the donut shop, you might hang a sign out and you're that first day, you might get a whole bunch of people that come in just because you're a new donut shop. And the reason for that is everybody knows what a donut is. And not only do they know what a donut is, but the risk in trying the donut is pretty low, right? Right. It's it's about five bucks. Nominal. Yep. (laughs) So if you hate it, you don't ever have to go back to it. But we're talking about software. Software is scary and it's intrusive and it's it requires effort. You have to adopt software. We hear that all the time just in our industry. And you have to install and that that those are all words that that mean it's intrusive. It's part of you. It's mm-hmm. something. So people by their nature are, are hesitant about software in the first place. And then on the flip side, until you get an actual product, it's an idea. 
and it's vaporware. Yeah. And then you're trying to have to sell vaporware on top of everything else. So just because you believe, just because you have the idea doesn't mean that um, you're going to be able to sell it well. And so that's the other really hard part of when we work with entrepreneurs is, do you have what it takes to be that first salesperson? Because a lot of our entrepreneurs do not. And so getting them to accept the fact that they might be that idea holder, they might have be the visionary, be the dreamer, but at the end of the day, they're going to have to they're going to have to pass that baton pretty quickly to somebody who can actually sell it and get 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 that idea past the it's a baby that I've built into it's a product that I can monetize. And so that's kind of a hard transition a lot of times. What would you how would you characterize the current landscape in the Tulsa ecosystem right now. Are you excited about what's happening? Do you feel like this is more of the same or is you, do you really feel like you, you, you see a lot's happening, but you don't know quite where it's going, where it's going. How do you, how, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So when we started Indigo back in 2016, I really did start, I had a giant chip on my shoulder leaving Roku. I had spent my entire career with people asking me why I was from Oklahoma, why I lived in, not from Oklahoma, but why I stayed in Oklahoma, because there's no tech people, there's no skill there, there's no, what? Why why wouldn't you want to move to the Bay Area? That's where real entrepreneurs are. <laughs> right, yeah. And so, yeah, when I moved, when we started Indigo, it was truly, we wanted to make Oklahoma and really Tulsa specifically the economic tech ecosystem. We felt like we had a lot of talent in Oklahoma that was pretty underrepresented, as we should say. And so I think that's even today. So we were a little bit early. I think 2016, things were starting to happen. 36N, of course, shout out, had just, had not opened its doors when we started Indigo, but it did about two months later. And so I think there was a lot of talk about it, but nobody really knew what to do about it. It sucks when you're a little ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it means that you're slogging right. a little bit longer. But where we are now, five years later, is I think we're just starting. To, there's so much excitement. There's so much, so many opportunities and programs. And there's a lot of interest. And people, the general public starts hearing about it. the whole Tesla thing, I think, m- made the tech, even though Tesla is not tech, I think it elevated that there could be new ways and opportunities to have new industries and tech being one of those. So for the general public. And so now we're, I think right now is that hockey stick moment for us and capitalizing on that, leveraging that, helping where we can. That's very much part of Indigo as well is at the end of the day, we're Switzerland. We'll work with anybody. All we want is to see entrepreneurs that are successful. And if we can get maybe in the next, you know, three to five years, if we can get some of these companies that we've launched to be that next billionaire exit, that's what we want to see. And all we can do is keep pumping them out. So we've launched just over 15 companies in four years. Wow. So. Yeah, that's huge. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that is something we're really proud of. And, and our success rate for them, most of them are still out there. Some of them are just now really starting to see their stride. And I think, again, that's because of that whole Oklahoma ecosystem is just now really starting to hit. And that's really, that's what makes it really exciting for us is a lot of the really hard work, the blood, the sweat, and the tears is really starting to, you can see it now. It's not all here yet, but right. we, can, we can see it. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell something's brewing in yep. Tulsa. And I keep saying it on the show. We've had several guests and I keep telling our listeners that that there really is something here. It's electric. It's infectious. People are excited. You can meet the local Tulsans and they want to know, OK, now where are you coming from? And oh, that's exciting. And I've never been there. Have you ever been here? And there's a whole conversation around exploring other parts of the country based on all these different people who are coming through Tulsa Remote, who are coming through Tulsa Service Year, who are coming through all these Tulsa programs that we've been talking about. And there's really a beautiful merging of industry, of talent, of uh, culture, of ethnicity. There's a, there's a beautiful blend that's happening in Tulsa right now. And I think that it shouldn't be taken for granted. It's intentional and, and it's been a very strategic. It's been planned out for a while. And now we're finally starting to see, as you're saying, the fruit of the labor. Like you said, you're a little early in 16, but now you can get, get to see a little bit more of the, the benefit of why you have started Indigo. Hopefully it'll get you into that flow, deal flow That's and right. that product flow. Uh, so I just have a few more questions for you. We are looking at Holberton. You're familiar with Libby and, and L- L- Love Holberton. Hobart- yeah, yeah. Love the team there. The yes. amazing work that Libby at Edinger and her team, Oboom and Tori are doing over there is amazing. And, and Indigo's using Holberton students where we can. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Give them exposure. And so but that's actually where I wanted to go with this question. How are you dovetailing the talent that is being cultivated here through Holberton and other schools like it into Indigo Tech and then making a a closed loop so that there are now jobs and opportunities and everything else for those software engineers. So we definitely, the Holberton, the first Holberton class is graduating this year. So that's, we've just now, last year, even with COVID, there wasn't really a lot of opportunity because as students, they just weren't, they were just hitting there. Now I'm starting to understand stride. In 2021, we've started working with Libby and the team and identifying projects. And if we have a project that we feel like would be a good fit, we're offering that up to Holberton and basically saying, okay, Indigo has this project, who wants to work on it? And so that's been so far been really successful Wonderful. and it gives the Holberton students an opportunity to work on real world projects, not something that's conceptual, but it's a real world thing. Um, there's a client behind it and that means there's deliverables and deadlines and requirements and things like that. So they get to experience that, but then they also get to put it on their resume that it's actually something they've done. So we've been working with a major brand. We're building a, a mobile app for, I, I, can't say the name of it because they haven't we haven't launched it yet. It's okay, but it's a it's a it's a household name company, and they will be able to put on their resumes that they worked on that project, nice. and so that's really good for them, and that's great for them to just get exposure and experience. Then outside of that, you're beyond that is also we have all these right baby companies that we've launched and that that have launched around the city, not just built by Indigo, and so now we need to get to a place where we can actually 
get those software engineers connected with those entrepreneurs and those new companies that need software engineers because they're all tech companies. So we started a new company. It's a subsidiary of Indigo in March of this year, and it's called Indigo Tech Services. And for the first time, we're actually going to be starting a shared services model. So we're going to, we're working with a Holberton. We're working with organizations, WOW, Women Helping Other Women, and they're um, coaching them to be virtual assistants. And we're going to be working with, like I said, Holberton for the software engineers. We're going to be coaching other, we're working with other organizations to coach QA and just all the, and, and marketing and project management, all the different things that are kind of a unique spin because it's tech. And so we're going to be coaching all of these people to be in the tech space, but maybe not technical because virtual assistants, yeah, anybody could be a virtual assistant, but when you're working in tech, there's a lot of crossover that you don't really think about. Absolutely. And so all of these jobs are going to be coached and built with the idea that these people will be perfect for going into tech companies that are new or tech companies that are even established. And so now that we're pulling in some of these more established tech companies are moving to Tulsa, this will be a great place for them to pick up employees that have been coached. They've been, they've worked with actual real projects. They've got a lot of background and experience and they can go up through and they can experience as they're in these, this uh, Indigo Tech Services program, they can t- decide, I think I want to be in marketing. And then they decide, you know what? I really have a penchant for QA. I like breaking stuff. There's just a lot of different things that people don't even realize how many quote, tech jobs there are that don't require you to be. Very interesting. So August 13th, it's a big day at Indigo. It is. It is. Tell us about it. So August 13th, it is the largest sponsorship Indigo has ever embarked on. We are sponsoring the Drillers Fireworks Night on August the 13th. And what we're doing there is. Or the Drillers. (laughs) Is we are, we ask people, what do fireworks, baseball, and tech companies have in common? And that is launching and pitching. And so we are launching a brand new company on August the 13th. And we will also be having a pitch competition. We'll have three contestants that will pitch their ideas to the crowd and the crowd will select the winner. So we will be launching a company, they will be pitching. And then at the end of that, we will have uh, resources to for a new company to start out. So that's, it's a pretty fun way for us to really make that connection with just the general public of what it is, what does Indigo do? That's always the question, what does Indigo do? And so we build companies, we coach new companies, and we launch those companies. And so that's what we do. Nice, nice. How would someone get tickets? So if you want tickets to the game, obviously that that actually does go through the drillers. We have, if you are interested in being a VIP and meeting some of our new tech companies, the launched tech companies, then you'll just need to reach out to me. And you can reach out to me just by going to our website, which is indigotulsa.com. And just hit the contact me. And if you're if you want to be a part of that whole shenanigan that's going to be there, that's how you can do it. But we'd love to have funders. We would love to have marketing company. Whoever wants to be involved in that kind of that new tech space, give us a call. 
Because the other thing that Indigo really is we want to be seen as the connectors within the tech ecosystem. We're not the right fit for everybody. So we have great friends and colleagues that are also software development companies. And it's the rising tide that lifts all boats. And we definitely want to make sure that if you have an idea and you want to build it, that you find that right partner. And so we're happy to connect you with resources. We're happy to connect you with people like Aaron here. (laughs) Shout out to Atento. But we've got lots of connections. And for us, if you're just, if you don't know what to do next, give us, give us a call. We've, you can go to, again, go to our website. You can look us up and we're happy to connect you with whatever resource you want. But 2030. Yes. Where do you see Indigo Technologies? And more importantly, where do you see Tammy Torkelson? I would love to see Indigo in multiple cities. I think we've created a a unique approach to software development. And so I would love to see branches of Indigo working with other, whether it's incubators, accelerators all around the country, because I think what we do is special and and unique and scalable and all those fun words that we like to use with our, our clients. And as for me, by then, I would love to... Be just proud of watching it grow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you could have gave a safer answer than that. (laughs) So by then, I will be officially old and close to retirement. Yeah, I'll have all my kids out of the house by then. (laughs) Okay, so that's 2030. (laughs) All right, I'll take it. What are some things that you have not done? You've had a very successful run here in life. What are some things that you have not done that you are still looking to do that are like, I don't want to even call them bucket list. I won't even say bucket list. It could be bucket list if you want it to be. But what are some things that you just got to get out of you? My kind of my passion project. And if if you know me, then you've heard me over glasses of wine fuss about this on more than one occasion. I get really irritated that as school systems, um, public, private, you name it, doesn't matter, that we've gotten away from skills-based education. And back in the day... You're talking about like carpentry? I'm and talking all about that. You okay, know, okay. I'm talking about that. But it's, it's the trades, but in my business, people think of tech and they think of the word engineer. And there's a lot of, that's true for some, but a software engineer is a type. Just if you are a plumber, there are plumbers and there are master plumbers. And the master plumbers are the ones that they look at the drawings and they decide all of how it's going to work. And it's the plumbers that come in and do it. So there's a lot of software developers and programmers that effectively are plumbers. They have great jobs. They get paid well and they don't require a college degree. They probably shouldn't have a college degree. They should just be curious. And 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 if we can foster that, and I strongly believe that just like I had to take home economics <laughs> when I was, you know, a freshman in high school, I had to take typing, which mm-hmm. I balked at and fussed about and thought was stupid because I could already type. But all those things that that we that I took in high school that were just what I call life skills. I didn't take carpentry, but I had friends who did. And so I knew how to put together something. I think we should not only have all of those things back 
I think we should also add tech to that. And so I, my passion project is that whether it's a nonprofit, I don't know what it looks like, but effectively there's no way schools or even Votex can do this properly because they're, they don't live in the space, but come up with a program where we can go in and help a school and say, we'll supply the instructors, but we want every freshman to go through this and we want them to, it's a semester long class and you can be a, you can be a programmer, you can be a project manager, you can market it, you can create logos for it, you can design the screens for it, you can document it. There's so many different things that are involved in, quote, software, the software development industry. And the great thing about it is we live in a distributed world, right? We all know what Slack and Zoom are now. So it's super simple that in that program, you could have a project that happened really simply that happened each semester. And you could have kids from Edison working with kids from Booker T. And maybe there's some project managers in Booker T, but there's not any at Edison. And so you can actually create what's called a distributed model, even within the schools. And they would understand that when they got to work, that's how they're going to work because that's how we, that's how we work today. And so by the time, just like there were those kids in carpentry and mechanics and things like that, that when they graduated high school, they could go get a job. If these kids went through semester after semester of that, they could have a real job and, and not a job that was nothing, but a job that's making them 20 bucks an hour, 25 bucks an hour, maybe even 30 bucks an hour. And for a high school kid to graduate and have that, and that doesn't mean that they don't have to go to college. They might decide, you know what? I love this so much. I want to go to college. But then guess what? can have a job in college and they can make a living. It's not a living wage. It's actually a wage that you can build upon. And so that's my passion project. And so even though I'm not, I may not always be at Indigo, I will all, I, I can see myself always staying in that space. And I would like to see Tulsa build that model. I think it's a model that could be easily repeatable. It just is going to take the right vision and funds and process to get it started. But yeah, love to see that happen. Nice. Now you mentioned in the beginning of that, you said you would like to see Indigo go to multiple cities. Mm -hmm. Any cities in mind? We are. We're actually actively exploring Kansas City is a burgeoning market and they have a great kind of ecosystem that they've started. Very strong. with Kaufman Foundation. Yep. Yep. And we're actively talking with some different incubators that are there to partner with them to be their preferred vendor for from a software development perspective. And that's really what we're looking to do too. We're, we're working, we think there's a great opportunity to work with early seed stage funders because we know that the product that we develop is solid and stable and scalable. And a lot of times when you're a funder and you maybe you give that first round and it's $250,000 if you give it to a team, you don't know what you're going to get at the end. They may, may have a great, they might hire the wrong software dev team. They might do that. So we're looking for creative ways that we can work with some of the funders to, to reduce and eliminate some of the risk and also not impact the value of the funder, the founder, sorry, the founders really understanding their tech and owning their tech and being involved in that process. We don't want to replace being the software, we don't want the dependency, but we do want them to understand what good, solid, scalable tech 
looks like. So it's more of a, we build it alongside those founders so that they then take it over and just continue on the path. So there's a lot of fun and interesting things that we're working we're, on. We're working on. Got you. Kansas City, any other places? Uh, we've actually got a contact, believe it or not, in Cincinnati, which is... Cincinnati's, I'm getting here in Cincinnati a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah, they got some coke in there, huh? They do. So okay. we're, we've got a couple of conversations. We want to take it slow. It's not about how many can we conquer, but who can we do? Yeah. In Cincinnati, they eat chocolate chili, right? <laughs> Yes, from I the do. gas station. I, okay. I do. So just, you know, just okay. I just want to make sure what you're, what you're walking into in Cincinnati. This has been delightful, absolutely delightful, and I think that our listeners have found a way to find find you. Uh, they'll probably be uh, getting many LinkedIn requests, and so we're just excited for what Indigo is doing, and we're so glad that you're here and you're a vital part of this ecosystem. And I'm looking forward to working with you even more as we grow this ecosystem here. Yeah, it'll be yeah. great. And I'm I'm good for coffee anytime. Yeah. And <laughs> even if you don't really know anything about the tech ecosystem, or you don't, I'm happy to just have coffee because at, at the end of the day, the more people who understand what the ecosystem is. Yeah. Why, how it works, why it works, what's unique or what's not unique about it. I like to talk and I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm happy to meet with people and just to spread the word. I'm evangelizing in the, the tech ecosystem. There you go. I got it. All right. This has been a good time and we thank you for listening. Thank you once again, uh, Tammy, for being with us and we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Be Atento podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. Make sure to subscribe and to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow Atento Capital across all social media platforms. And we look forward to speaking with you all again on the next episode of Be Atento.